Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I'm not even going to try and yell. Welcome to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, out doing activities. Don't worry, he'll be here soon. It is Thursday, March 7th. Shout out to my dad. Happy birthday, dad. I know you're home watching. So there you go. Thursday, March 7th. Uh, Going to have a fun show here. Going to have a fun show, obviously. Uh, talking. We're going to wrap up the relief pitcher position. I know some people last week were asking us about holds categories and some relief pitchers that you could target there, so we'll do some of that. We'll also talk to Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries, get some updates on Luis Severino, obviously, the latest there. Uh, and then the rest of the show, we're really going to talk about some of those injured players and how they're being valued uh, thus far. Through, I mean, we have a lot of ADP data, so we'll see where a lot of those injured players are going, what we expect from them this year, when they're going to return, how they're going to return, what they're going to contribute, a whole bunch of stuff going on. And with that, I welcome in Greg Tushman. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank, happy birthday to the Don, to your father. Yeah. We appreciate you watching. Did he make the Fantasy Basketball Playoffs? Is he going to make it? We are in two leagues together. He finishes one of the top seeds in one of them and finished last place in the other one. So, kind of a mixed bag. For oh, the listen, if he wins the championship, it's well worth it. You know? It will be. And that is the more expensive league anyway. So Perfect. It's one that, that's, that's the one that matters more, of course. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, on the show today, Frank mentioned it. We'll talk to Virginia Zakis, Inside Injuries. We're actually going to do a whole hour on guys that are injured. And where do you draft them? Because we always are so hesitant, right? Like, we stay away because we don't know how to deal with this. And a lot of the times, makes sense. I get it. But some of the times, you're getting nice discounts on these guys. So we're going to take a look at some where some of these injured guys are going and see what we can do. So that's kind of the plan with the injured guys. Um, but I wanted to start almost where we left off yesterday, Frankie, if you didn't mind. And relievers. Like, we did a lot of these guys that get saves and the quantity. We made it through all of the ones we wanted to, shockingly. Like, we did a really nice job over the two hours uh, going over all the relievers. But we also got some uh, breaking news, Greg. What do you got for me, bud? It is Jose Altuve injured, removed from the lineup today, dealing with side soreness, general left side soreness. Could be so, oblique. Removed from the lineup today, Alex Bregman, another one removed from the lineup yesterday, was dealing with a back injury. So the Houston Astros. Here we go. Uh, I think it's a it's a great day to talk about injuries because now we're getting even more, Greg. So. Jose Altuve, already a guy that I was kind of avoiding. I don't know about you. Uh, I did this little write-up for Fantasy Pros where they ask a bunch of experts. That would be me. I'm an expert. Um, they ask 
you know, who who's a player going in, a hitter going inside the top 30 hitters who you are avoiding and why? And my pick was Jose so, Altuve. And my reason was, I don't think that he's going to run as much as he has before last year. 30 stolen bases in each of his last six seasons. I just, if he's not giving you 30 stolen bases or even close to 30 stolen bases, if he's not even giving 20 stolen bases, yep. is he returning that, you know, early second round value? And now we're already dealing with a, uh, with a left side injury for, uh, for Jose Altuve too. So just thought I'd uh, keep, keep the injury news going, Greg. Sprinkle that on top here. A little, I don't know, what is that, injury bay? Salt bay? No. No? No. no. You don't like that? I, salt bay's cool. I've never, did, I've never been there. I kind of wanted to. I've never done it, though. Is he still a thing? I think so. No. I know a lot of like famous athletes go visit his restaurant, wherever it is. I don't know where it is. It's here. I've, I've looked him up There's on one Instagram. He's, first of all, he's hilarious. Hilarious. He owns the salt bay thing. Hilarious. He owns it. Every single post that he puts on Instagram... There's like hashtag salt, hashtag salt, but like he's, he embraces the brand 100%. Maybe you should embrace like Susmania more often. That's what Nando always start said. yelling about stuff? That's what Nando says. Everyone yells at me to stop yelling. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> That's true. The happy medium. There is no happy medium for Greg Sussman. <laughs> no, there's not. There's it's not. It's either he's, you know, today Greg's a little like lax. He's like maybe a little tired. How'd you sleep last night? You all right? Better than I have been. Okay. Better than I have been. All right, because you seem a little, like, down. I mean, today, I think I'm getting this right. Yeah. Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Pretty much the theme of today so far. Hasn't been a great day. Hasn't been a great day. Hasn't been a great week, to be <laughs> honest with you. Hopefully that turns around because, you know, we got some drafts coming up that we need to uh, study up on together. We have an auction. We do. Next Thursday. I think tomorrow, tomorrow after work, like, I think things will turn around for me. I'm going okay. to uh, yeah. a brewery in Brooklyn. Wanna call you, I know you have plans tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but and this is a pity invite, by the way. Not at all. He just realized that, oh, Frank, you live close to Brooklyn. No, I'll no. I'll invite you now. I actually First was going, I'm hearing about it right now. I was uh, actually going to Thursday, invite you. Thursday, 12.08 p.m. So yesterday, as we were leaving, you said, hey, we really got to come up with a time to, to go over the draft, to, to do some research and, and, and sit and talk. And I'm, mm-hmm. at that moment, it occurred to me, it was like, hey, I'm going to invite Frank out with me when I'm doing Friday night because it's going to be clo- well, relatively close to where he lives. We like drinking beer. This is a perfect opportunity to do this. Where, where are you doing this? Grim Brewery. Grim Brewery. Yeah. Never heard of it. It's like a half hour away from here. Okay, Grim with On, two M's. Yes. Yeah. Metropolitan. Not, it's not too far, far? Not far from me at all. You want to come? Uh, Before you go wherever you do, whatever you're doing. No, because that wouldn't really make sense because what I have to do is in the city. city. Yeah. So, yeah, like go back to Brooklyn. Are, are you going straight from here to yeah. there? Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Opens at 5 o'clock. So I'm hoping to leave here around then? So you oh, go yeah, there. This, is, uh, this is right in Williamsburg. It's close to where I live. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah, So I'm doing that. And then, uh, evidently it's close to like you're another... Probably, br- you're taking the L train there, I'd imagine. Really? I thought I was going to take the AC there. With the Google uh, Maps told me. Well, maybe. Close, close, to the, uh, close to the L train, though. Oh, so maybe I'll take the L. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Yeah, have fun, Greg. Uh, I'm excited to do that. <laughs> I also had an Interboro bu- uh, breweries right around there as well. That sounds a little more familiar. I think it's more a bit more popular. Interboro? Yes. Like Interboros. Yeah, I got it, Greg. <laughs> but not Burroughs for that, just B-O-R-O. I think that's right there as well. Interboro Spirits and Ales? Is that the place? That kind of just sounds like a liquor store. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's a brewery somewhere close to that. <laughs> But nevertheless, that's what I'm doing tomorrow, Frank. So you're more than welcome to come, uh, of course. Oh, I, pa- I actually pass this every day on the bus. Really? Yeah. Cool. 
I never even noticed that it was a brewery. Is it a brewery or is it just a liquor store? Uh, it might be. It kind of just, when I pass it, it just kind of just looks like a warehouse. So, I mean, so it, I d- it definitely could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. So I'm really hoping my day turns around like then. then yeah, you're great. just going to drink yourself into oblivion and Correct. hope that <laughs> everything gets better. All I want to do, man. That's all I want to do. All right, let's start. Um, let's start with these relievers before we get the injury guys. Virginia Zock is coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we don't have necessarily the like. Bre- I don't. I don't think Bregman's on here, is he? Like, I don't think I have a Bregman on here. I put almost all starting pitchers on here for the I mean, most Bregman part. Bregman was kind of late yesterday. Yeah, it's mostly all starting pitchers this week because we, we did a lot of that. Um, a couple of other guys. But if but, these Astros guys are still lingering by next week, then we'll definitely. Ask yes, them. absolutely. But let's start with the relievers, Frank. We talked. Really, the only guy we talked about really was Josh Hader. Out of the guys that are going to get you holds for the most part. Um, because Hater is amazing. And Frank has him, I believe, as his ninth ranked reliever, give or take. It might have changed since then. No, I don't think I'm ever going to own him. It just seems yeah. like that's where he should be, right? Because he's so dominant. Yeah, but we've seen guys be dominant in the past and then not as dominant the next year, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if that's... I don't think that's going to be the case for him. I think he's still going to be really, really good. I mean, his, his delivery and stuff, it's just like the way he pitches, it's so hard to pick up and his stuff is absolutely filthy. I think it's going to translate, but I mean, you're right. I mean, from year to year, it's pretty hard to project uh, relief pitchers. I mean, these guys some sometimes they'll just uh, they'll emerge out of nowhere, and then the next the next year, you know, they 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 take a back seat. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case for Josh Hader. I still think he's going to be really really good. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to own him. Uh, he's just I rank him this highly because he's really dominant. And I still think that he could pick up like ten to fifteen saves along the way. So let me let me ask this: outside of Josh Hader. Who are you looking to next if you want holds? If you're looking for a dominant reliever that's going to give you holds and really help you in the ERA, whip, and strikeout category, where do you head to next, and how early do you do it? So, I mean, it's going to, it's going to sound like a, a homer here, but I think Dylan Batances, right? I think Dylan Batances has to be up there as one of the yeah. top guys. I mean, he's just been so dominant for so long, and he gets so many strikeouts. He's a legit three-category contributor in Roto. Not going to help in saves unless something happens with Chapman. I do think that he would be the direct replacement, the next man up in the Yankees' bullpen, if anything were to happen to Chapman. We saw that last year as well. But with Batances, you do get legitimate like ERA, whip numbers, and you get a lot of strikeouts too. So I don't think that's just like a... I don't think that's a homer thing, Greg. What do you think? I think both I think both Telebatances and Zach Britton are both on this list for guys that are going to get holds. Yeah, I mean, Britton not going to get as many strikeouts. Definitely going to get holds for sure. I mean, like, holds are tricky, right? Like, I was trying to look this up yesterday. Do you even know what the definition of a hold is, Greg? It's just like protecting a three-run lead in a safe situation. I thought it was. That's what I thought it was, too. Yeah. I don't really, uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't have a lot of experience playing with holds. But I was Never imagine, done it. I just imagine that they're really good setup men, and you want to target players, target these setup pitchers on teams that are going to win a lot of games because obviously you'll get more opportunities for for holds that way. So I think I guess just targeting relievers on, on winning teams that are really dominant. Uh, Ryan Presley is another one that comes to mind. We mentioned him yesterday. You know, I, I think he could be in the conversation if something were to happen to Osuna or if if Osuna faltered. I, I know Hector Rondon is there and he has closing experience as well. But Ryan Presley, once he joined the Astros last year, you know these Astros, everything they touch turns to gold. He develops this, you know, a new breaking pitch that he's using, and he throws it to a 0.77 ERA with his Astros stint last year. So I would put Ryan Presley in that conversation as well. Even Adam Adovino, right? Like all the Yankees guys. Yeah, I think all. The, but like, 
I agree with you. You're, you're picking really good teams and you're saying, hey, I want their dominant relievers. I think the same could be said for even the Red Sox, right? Like, we don't know who the closer is there. It's a closer by committee. And the Cubs said yesterday they're a closer by committee too. But the point being, like... The Cubs really said that? Joe Madden, I believe, came out and said that yesterday, yeah. Wow. Well, there goes Pedro Strope, I guess. But, I mean, I think Pedro Strope will still get the majority of them. But, but does, well, what I'm saying is, like, does it there go Pedro Strope? Because maybe like, those are the situations that are even better than the Yankees because you're getting a guy that in a holds league. They have a lot of options, too. Remember, they signed Brad Brock. Mm-hmm. Carl Edwards is an amazing reliever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of options there with the Cubs, too. And then last year they signed Brandon Morrow, and he's always hurt. and He's not going to be ready to start the season. I'm looking at holds leaders from last year, Greg, and Adam Adovino was number one with 34. Uh, you know what? Holds look a, a lot similar to saves here. I mean, there was only seven guys that had 30-plus holds last year. Last Yesterday when I mentioned saves, there was only 11 players who had 30-plus saves last year. But, you know, I think the, the high of the high for saves and closers are, you know, obviously Edwin Diaz with 57 saves. I mean, there's no one here that has like 57 holds. It's really between 30 and 34, and you're looking at Adam Adovino, Archie Bradley, Tony Watson, uh, Yoshihisa Hirano from the Arizona Diamondbacks, Chaz Rowe with Tampa Bay, Jose Alvarado. Tampa Bay. <laughs> they have good relievers. It's just you don't know who's going to be the closer. I, I would still put my money on Alvarado. I, I tend to agree with you, and his stuff seems to be the best. But what I, what I was getting at is when you look at these dominant relievers, even separately from the Yankees, like, I, like yes, we can talk about just holds. But to me, I would go after situations where you're going to get holds, and you also have the possibility of potentially getting saves, right? So you think of a, a weird closer situation, and I don't know why this comes to mind, Frankie, but the White Sox with Kelvin Herrera mm-hmm. and Alex Colomay. Like, we assume it's Colomay right now. That could change. I think your Red Sox example was even better, though, because the Red Sox are just going to win more games. Well, that was, the yeah, Sox, right. Yeah. But Herrera and or Colomay are probably the better reliever, I would think, than Matt Barnes or... What's his name? Ryan Brazier, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, Matt Barnes is pretty good. Okay. He's actually going to get more. I think he's going to get more strikeouts than both of those guys. So maybe Matt Barnes is the guy. Like maybe that's if really you play what in the saves plus hold league. Yeah. Or even just like have a holds category. Like target, I, maybe target both Red it, Sox guys. Right. I think it's Wait really interesting. Both of them. I think it's is really interesting how do? much it changes in save plus holds leagues. Like what? How much of this yeah. would change ranking wise? Like when Ryan and, and we talked about that yesterday. Like is that. The way that fantasy baseball and just baseball in general is going towards, is trending towards, is we need to just eliminate the saves category and make it saves plus holds. Or if you play in a home league, uh, you know, a points league, should holds be worth the same as much as saves? Because then, then we're looking at just drafting the best relievers. possible reliever, right? Which is how it should be. Well, I, I get. Well, uh, my follow-up question is. You know how a lot of a lot of leagues or people, and not really basic leagues, but advanced leagues, are just eliminating wins, right? Because it's just not arbitrary, but arbitrary to an extent. Yeah, they're they're replacing it with quality start, right? Which is also arbitrary in yeah, its own it's right. Like not- um, should the same happen to saves? Like a save, like a win. Like you have because there, there's times you just have the the tie runs on deck, and you have a reliever come in and pitch one pitch and get a save, and that's like ridiculous, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, every save is not created equal. Like every win is not created equal. You pitch nine, you put eight shutout innings. You deserve a win. Sometimes you don't get it. You pitch five innings of six run ball and your team's up 13, six, like you don't deserve that one either. So it, it's very hard. I, I think saves plus holds. And we said this yesterday on the show. 
I think saves plus holds is probably where it should go because you're going to draft the best reliever. It's going to take a long time, though. Is it? For people... I just don't think it'll be an industry standard. For home leagues, I mean, people could do it now. You can do whatever they want. Yeah, definitely. I want, I still, I, I'm still pushing for errors. What? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? I think errors should be a category. Why, why is feeling not counted? It's like, that's like the same reason why most people don't play IDP, you know? I don't it's think so. It's like too much going on. Like, I don't think so. Why don't you draft... I play hitter case. I play hitter case. linemen and cornerbacks. I play hitter case. Well, it's all about the player, right? You, if you have a wide receiver and they fumble, you lose points. People like offense. I don't really care about defense. Right? I mean, I'm just giving you my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, what I always thought is, you know, if you play in a point, if you get penalized for strikeouts, why don't you get penalized for hitting into a double play? Oh, absolutely. It's worse. It's much worse. It's worse than striking out. Just looking at a few names here that are coming to mind from, uh, from last year, if you're just looking for some holds. I think Craig Stammen is another one with the San Diego Padres. He was dominant last year. Long time uh, national. Obviously, Jeremy Jeffers got hurt yesterday. Joaquin Soria, uh, Fernando Rodney. I mean, they're with Oakland, but still pitching well. Joe Jimenez in Detroit. Right, take a break. We'll be back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Scout Fantasy Sports. End up taking Lindor. I think it's a bold but brilliant move here, Adam. This guy's a top three pick when healthy. Maybe people are overreacting. I think there are people talking about taking him at 11, 12, 13, and you're getting him at pick 29. Yeah, I was stunned he was there, and that's why I always say you really can't plan out a draft because you can sit there and plot all you want. I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to take two pitchers. I never thought Lindor was going to be there. Uh, as I started to see him slip, I'm like, is he really going to make it? Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. with you fantasy best friends forever fantasy sports radio network swing of the fences this daily fantasy baseball season with dailyroto.com if you're playing mlb dfs or DraftKings or FanDuel, daily roto will help you hit your first home run as the 2019 mlb daily roto premium package is now live a lot of alerts and weather updates they have you covered fantasy projections they have you covered a lot of optimizers complete the pros yeah they, they have you covered there too same 10 percent off Save 10% on winning MLB DFS advice with the early bird special. Using the promo code LEADOFF19 
or FNTSY. That's 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code LEADOFF19 or FNTSY and get your 10% early bird discount today. With that, we are joined by our good buddy, Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. What's going on, Virginia? Hey, guys. It's good to be back. Been a while. It has been a long time. A lot of Dr. A. He's in better color now, which is great. Uh, a new camera. We feel updated. Uh, and it's good to have you uh, back on the show today. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great day for us yesterday, or I guess two days ago, where I was very much on tilt, where the Giants are making all these dumb NFL decisions, and then Luis Severino went down with inflammation in the right rotator cuff. Now, I've done a lot of research on my own about this particular injury, and I was very nervous because, yes, there's inflammation in the right rotator cuff. You take some painkillers, you take a cortisone shot, it'll uh, get rid of the inflammation, he'll start throwing again. But the big question is, what is causing said inflammation, which is what scares the heck out of me and which is what I'm hoping you have the answer for. So right now the plan is to shut him down for two weeks, receive a cortisone shot and see how he responds. Um, a lot of the time this is enough to calm down that inflammation if there isn't an underlying cause for it. Um, in this case, it sounded like the MRI was clean, but if there's a smaller problem, maybe you know a very slight tear or some slight cartilage damage, there's a chance that wouldn't show up on the MRI. Um, right now, it's not clear exactly what's causing the inflammation, but hopefully it's just, um, you know, he put his shoulder through a lot in the first few weeks of spring training and it wasn't really ready for it and there isn't something more serious going on. But, you know, right now it's kind of too soon to tell. Um, we're showing an optimal recovery time of three weeks, so it actually looks like, according to our algorithm, that he should shut things down for more than the two weeks that he has planned right now. Um, but my best guess is they'll sort of see how he's feeling two weeks from now, and then if he's if he's pain-free, he'll slowly start to work his way back. Do you consider that positive or negative, Frank? I I think it's still kind of up in the air. Yeah, I'm I think that's what we're looking at here with uh, with Luis Severino and. You know, Greg, since, since the news, right? So the news came out two days ago for Luis Severino. Yep. Over the past two days, his NFBC ADP, tell me what you think about this. Okay. Over the past two days, his NFBC ADP is 63. So he's going right behind Tyone and Paxton and ahead of Flaherty and Strasburg. And when I told you I moved him down to SP18, you looked at me and said, it's low. It might be a little bit too low. Mm -hmm. The market kind of agrees with me, Greg. It does, but if he comes back and starts throwing it in two weeks, and he's back by the end of April, we have seen players come back and it's no big deal. It's just a little scarier when it comes to petrifying throwing shoulder too. Look, a, a, another guy who's dealing with the uh, with an injury to his throwing arm, not necessarily his shoulder, is Mike Fultonevich, who's dealing with right elbow soreness. Now there was an update that said uh, that he feels better, and that if this were the regular season, he actually wouldn't miss a start. Quote: Wouldn't miss a start because of this injury. Not really buying that one here. Uh, what do you have on Mike Fultonevich? Do you expect him to be ready for the start of the season? How severe is this elbow injury? So th thankfully, this one sounds pretty minor. Um, he was cleared to resume throwing three days later. He threw on Tuesday, and from out everything I can tell, it it went pretty well. Um, so it's always a good sign when a pitcher's back out there just a few days later because if they were concerned it was anything more, at this point in the season, they'd shut him down for at least a week. So I think that's actually relatively positive. Um, now, he still has an elevated injury risk, and his HPF is below average. So right now, of course, we don't expect him to play very well, but... Don't think he'll be ready for opening day, but I do think it's realistic 
for him to make a start in the first week or two of the season as long as he avoids another setback. So that's pretty positive. Uh, this yeah. is great. I love Virginia's Yeah, if you're, if you're a Mike fulton fan, sure, it's great. I yep. mean, there were already reasons that I was off him. I mean, walks too many guys. The swinging strike rate wasn't really in line with his strikeout rate yep. uh, last year. So I was kind of out on him already. Uh, so I don't think he's going to end up on any of my teams. But hey, if you're a Braves fan or if you're related to Mike fulton and you still want to draft him, it's good news. Listen, he's not as bad as you're making him out. No, he's not terrible. He's not one he's of those guys. Not, but I don't know, he was at his price, where like when we first started drafting... He wasn't really a guy I was targeting. What about his teammate, Virginia, A.J. Minter, who I thought should be the should have been the closer last year. He did a nice job during the summer before Arodas Viscayenu came back. Uh, they gave him the job back for the playoffs, and there was a bit of a debate who would be the closer going into the season for the Braves this year if they didn't sign Craig Kimbrell. Minter got hurt, and it looks like Viscayenu has the job for now. How soon should we expect A.J. Minter back? So we're actually only showing a one-week optimal recovery time for Minter. Um, He was dealing with shoulder tightness, left his appearance on Friday, um, but he was supposed to start throwing again on Tuesday, so sort of a similar timeline to Fultonavich. He was also involved in a car accident two days before he left his appearance, so I think it it hopefully has more to do with just kind of being a little sore and banged up from the car accident and not a true injury. So right now, this doesn't seem like it's something too concerning, but we'll definitely want to keep a close eye on him over the next few weeks. AJ Minter, if we're talking about relievers who could potentially get you holds or if you just want to kind of lock up both players in a bullpen, Arodis Vizcaino and AJ Minter, unless Craig Kimbrell signs with uh, with the Atlanta Braves, uh, those are two relief pitchers that you can look at. Virginia, another pitcher, starting pitcher specifically, dealing with an elbow injury is uh, Andrew Heaney. And Andrew Heaney was, you know, he was kind of getting some hype here in the in the draft season uh, by multiple analysts. Um and, you know, he's dealing uh, with this elbow injury now. He did have a bullpen session on Tuesday. He's always kind of been a guy who's dealt with injuries. Um, what do you have on Andrew Heaney? Yeah, things aren't looking great for him. Um, he's still very high injury risk, um, and he's, his HPF is currently poor. It doesn't look like it's going to improve. Uh, it might get back to below average by the time the season starts, but it's not going to get into that above average or peak category anytime in April or May. Um, he's making a little progress, but... You know, he like you said, he's one of those guys. He's dealt with a few injuries, um, and things just aren't looking looking great for him as he deals with inflammation in his elbow. So, not a great report there uh, about Andrew Heaney uh, with the Angels, and he's a guy that's been hurt a lot throughout his career. Unfortunately, we're hoping for a better report. Maybe you'll give us one when it comes to his teammate Tyler Skaggs. So. Currently, not dealing with anything serious, but he has a very, very concerning injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of those players that still falls into the high-risk category, and he, he's up there. He's in you know the 40-something percentile right now in terms of his injury risk, which is really high for a guy who's technically been healthy for you know six months or so. Um, last year, he had problems with both his left and right groin. Um, he, he's had hamstring issues. He had a serious oblique injury in 2017 that forced him to miss three months. So all of these muscular strains are somewhat related. You know, the groin, core area. Um, Honestly, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't have some sort of a problem um, with one of those injuries again this year. So I I definitely think he's something, someone that you stay away from, even though it seems like he's okay right now. Greg, you've ever seen the movie Bubble Boy? Yes. It was a great movie. Pretty good. I think... With all the Angels starting pitchers, like after they pitch, they should just enter a bubble. <laughs> or maybe they should just try and learn to pitch while inside, inside of the bubble. Because I think they're talented, right? I want to like Andrew Heaney. I want to like Tyler Skaggs. 
We went over Tyler Skaggs the other day, his numbers before he got hurt last year, but surprise, surprise, he always gets hurt. He was great last year before he got hurt, but it's just, this is always the case with these two guys, so I, I think that they're talented pitchers, but it just seems like they're always dealing with something here. I'm going to move over to another hyped starting pitcher earlier on in the draft season, not so hyped now, which might actually create a buying opportunity for fantasy owners right now, and that's Josh James of the Houston Astros, who has been dealing with a quad issue uh, that has kind of delayed him here in Astros camp. Um, as of right now, I mean, they have a lot of guys that they can fill in the rotation without Josh James, but I think, you know, for the long run, I mean, especially in, like, keeper dynasty leagues, this guy has legitimate upside. Um, how long do you think this quad issue is going to affect him? Is he going to start the year on the DL, or IL, rather? Uh, what do you have on Josh James? Yeah, things are actually looking pretty good for Josh James. Um, he's actually already back in the low injury risk category. Um, he threw a bullpen session today, which is, you know, a very good sign for him, um, ran pain free yesterday. So he's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, when he originally hurt his quad, we gave him a grade one strain, which is relatively minor. Um, and you know, based on how he's progressed so far, it looks like that's pretty accurate. So may not be ready, um, by, you know, the first week of the season, but I don't think he's going to miss more than a couple starts if he does end up back as a starter, um, and could be available within the first few weeks of the season. And however they want to use him. That's Josh James. This is Virginia Zakis from Inside Injuries. Good news on Josh James, which is obviously encouraging. But what about another young pitcher? And that's Alex Reyes, who missed a lot of last year and the year before. He's working his way back. Uh, he seems to be pretty in pretty good shape. I don't know what the Cardinals are ultimately thinking, but what's the health side of Alex Reyes? Yeah, so I actually watched a few of his pitches from um, his appearance on Tuesday. He looked pretty good. Fastball touched 98 miles per hour. Um, he even threw a few curveballs. So he's mixing up his pitches already, which is usually a sign that he's feeling uh, pretty comfortable and healthy. Um, he does remain a high injury risk, though. Just These are two very serious surgeries he's come back from, the torn lat muscle and Tommy John surgery. So his HPF right now is above average, which tells me that he actually should pitch pretty well but he's he's at a high risk of re-injury and i just it's i have a hard time seeing him not suffering some sort of a slight setback throughout the year whether it's inflammation some tendonitis in his shoulder elbow um you know a little core muscle strain something like that but you know right now should pitch pretty well but he's going to be someone we need to watch really closely throughout the entire season yeah, I couldn't agree more on sure. Alex Reyes. And I think he has a lot of talent, but I do think the Cardinals are going to baby him somewhat. I'd be surprised if he throws more than 100, 120 innings this year. But, you know, those 100 innings could be really good. It's just a matter of, all right, well, when is he going to pitch? When can I actually depend on Alex Reyes? So, um, you know, if you have him as as the end of your fantasy rotation, Greg, I think that's fine. But he's not really someone that I want to depend on all that much. Virginia, I want to ask you about Jimmy Nelson, who has yet to make his debut in spring training, but he's inching closer to it. He's thrown he's thrown some some batting practice, some bullpens here. Um, he's coming. He missed the entire uh, 2018 season. He's coming off this uh, the shoulder injury, but the last time we saw him was 2017, and he was lights out. He was amazing. So, you know, what are the chances that Jimmy Nelson could get back to that form? I mean, how how much of a workload can we expect him to have his first season back? Uh, and what's his injury risk looking like? Yeah, so right now he falls into that elevated injury risk category. Um, definitely an improvement. He was high risk all of last year, um, which of course isn't a surprise considering he never pitched. But So there's still some risk there. Um, that's going to be the case anytime a player's missed an entire season and is working their way back just because you don't quite know how their body is going to respond once they start um, pitching you know, as often as it takes throughout the season. So um, 
We actually do expect him to pitch pretty well, though, as long as he can stay healthy. He's already back in the peak category. So I think things are looking pretty good for him at the start of the season, but there's always going to be some risk. Um, it's actually, when I look at our future projections, it looks like the entire season he'll likely stay an elevated injury risk just because of the severity of the surgery he went through. All right, Greggy, a little high risk, high reward. Yeah, here for, uh, it, it was Nelson. actually more positive than I expected from the crew and inside injuries in regards to Jimmy Nelson. I thought they'd I mean, be kind of all off. Yeah, I, like that, was, that was a lot more positive than I expected, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Virginia Zakis, inside injuries. We've asked you a lot about starting pitchers. Let me go off the starting pitchers for a moment, and let me go to a guy that we're going to talk about later on today, and, and that's Gregory Polanco, who had um, a really nice year last year for Pittsburgh. I know he had a slump in June. You dropped him, Frank. Uh, I held on because my waiver claim didn't go through and when I was dropping him, and he really turned it around. It was a really nice season, like I said, for Polanco, who before uh, September, before what happened in September, he, he was going really, really well. Great, actually. He bangs his shoulder in September and has major shoulder surgery and is expected to miss at least the first month of the season. How healthy will he be when he comes back? Is he worth drafting at all? What do you think about Gregory Polanco? Yeah, so his surgery was to stabilize an acute left shoulder dislocation and repair the labrum in his shoulder. This is a very serious surgery. Um, the initial timeline for his recovery was around seven to nine months, um, which would put a return hopefully sometime around June. Um, but this is one of those injuries. It really takes closer to nine to 12 months to really get healthy and feel back to normal. So I don't think he's going to be out nine to 12 months, but he's not going to be anywhere near 100%. Um, his injury risk is still very, very high. Um, his HPF is kind of hovering on the border of below average and above average right now. So he, he could play fairly well once he's cleared to return, but he still has a long way to go. Um, he's been throwing from 120 feet, but hasn't taken any throws from the outfield yet. Um, I guess at this point, we probably just need to hope that he can get some at-bats in late at spring training so his start to the season isn't delayed too much. But he's someone I would, I would stay away from this year just because there's a lot of risk coming back from this surgery. I know it's not exactly the same thing, Greg, but this reminds me a lot of Michael Conforto from last yeah. year. But even like the timeline is even longer, right? So mm -hmm. they rushed back Conforto last year, struggled in the first half because obviously he was still kind of like pe playing through uh, this shoulder injury. It kind of seems like it's just going to be a wash year for Gregory Polanco. Like mm -hmm. maybe he contributes something late in the season. You pick him up, uh, you know, around then, maybe around the, the all-star break, something like that. But it seems like it might be a wash year. Maybe, you know, buy low in the dynasty or something like that. But for for redraft season long, I just don't know that he's going to contribute much this season. Moving over to another outfielder, one that we hold very near and dear to our hearts, Greg. Aaron Hicks dealing with a back injury. Fun fact about Aaron Hicks, every single year he's been in the major leagues, he has been on the injured <laughs> list. So why would it be any different now? We're already in spring training. He just got a seven-year contract extension, but dealing with a back injury. Now this has my attention, Virginia, because specifically the next man up, or the New York Yankees, which presumably would be Clint Frazier. That's why it has my attention, because he is you know, one of their top outfield-hitting prospects. Uh, what's the latest on Aaron Hicks? Do we expect him to start the season? Uh, is this going to be something that lingers throughout the year? What do we have on Aaron Hicks? Yeah, so a few weeks ago, we actually talked about him, and we warned that he was one of those guys that's a high injury risk, but in the peak 
HPF. So hopefully he plays well, but very head chance he gets re-injured. Um, of course, a few days later, he now is dealing with this back injury, and it's been almost a week now that he's been out. Um, it, they're not making it sound like a very big deal, and it really might not be. But like you said, you look at his injury history, and it makes this a huge red flag. Um, last year, he deal, dealt with an intercostal strain and hamstring and ankle injuries. Um, in 2017, it was multiple oblique strains. And then 2015 and 2016, it was hamstring strains. So all of these muscular injuries are very, very easily aggravated. So even if he recovers from this back injury in the next week or two, um, he's going to deal with something throughout the season. And these core injuries are very, very, very likely to recur, especially back issues. So this is a major red flag. Um, and I, I think he's probably going to miss a lot of games this season. Right, this is a classic case of there might be one year in Aaron Hicks' career where he stays healthy and he hits yeah. like 275 with like 30 home runs mm-hmm. and 15 stolen bases, and everyone's going to say, I told you so. I told you, Aaron Hicks. But it's only going to be like one year out of like these next seven that the Yankees have signed him for. Well, hopefully so, you're wrong. I think he's going to be really good, like Virginia said, when he plays. It's just, it's more likely than not that he's going to miss at least 20 or 30 games every single season. That's just how I view Aaron Hicks. If you have a good replacement, then sure, own him. But... It's harder to replace guys when you play in these deeper leagues, Greg. Especially 15 teams or AL only. It's tough. Absolutely. Virginia Zakis from Inside Injuries. We appreciate the time as always. We have 10 seconds to go. Miguel Sano, draft or don't draft? Don't draft. All right, there you go. Unclear oh. what's going on with him, but I don't like it. All right, fair enough. I'm sorry, Frankie. I'm sorry. Virginia lets you down before she leaves. We'll take a break. More of the injured at players next hour. We'll be back with the relievers next. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic face wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. Baseball, we know, kind of transcends just a World Series title, although that is always what every team is striving for. I would think that 10 years of being relevant with Manny Machado in San Diego, maybe that's the bar they're looking at as opposed to, I think in Philadelphia, the bar is definitely championship or bust for 13 years and $330 million, while in San Diego, be relevant. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. 
The NFL Scouting Combine is coming gone with the 2019 NFL Draft just around the corner. For serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock of the Roto Experts providing dynasty advice along with season-long betting, best ball, and the NFL Draft content each and every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, available now at rotoexperts.com. What used to be at rotoexperts.com this time of year? We should make a graphic for this, by the way. What used to be at rotoexperts.com this time of year? It was baseball coverage, but because we've gone to NFL 365 and we know you still need your baseball coverage, head on over to my man Frank Snaffle's Patreon page. We will have a graphic for this, I promise you, by next week. And you pay 10 bucks, you get Frank's rankings. And if you don't like the way the rankings are presented on the site, he'll email them to you. He just told me this off the air. He will email them to you directly. 10 bucks a month, you get his rankings and all the advice you should ever need. I'll update this throughout the season, throughout uh, the next three weeks. Certainly, he'll be on top of his game. I've watched him edit it right here in front of me during our show. That's how quickly things get updated uh, for Frank Staffel on his Patreon page. If you want a little bit more of Frank, you want him to answer you whenever you need, whenever you have to pick somebody up, whenever you're not sure what to do in the draft, you don't know who to drop, and you can't get a hold of us on the uh, on the phone lines, 844-843-6879, you'll be able to contact Frank whenever you need. Do you give out your phone number for this? How does that work? Oh, there's actually a really cool like DM process on Patreon that I've been using with, uh, with some of the, the patrons already, the subscribers, so... Uh, I think we could either just use the Patreon DM, we use Twitter DM. I mean, if you really need access, like, from your phone, like, I, sure, I'll text you. Like, perfectly fine. It's really, like, whatever you want. All right, cool. So you'll have unlimited, unfiltered access to Frank Stample. You pay 25 bucks. Again, that's well worth it. 10 bucks. again, I said this, he's going to be mad at me, but, like, that's the sweet spot. You get 10 bucks a month. You're going to get everything, I think, everything you need. I, I like to make my own decisions. I don't really need Frank except when I text him and then he doesn't respond, so maybe I'll pay 25 bucks for this month. Um, but... That's kind of where my head is at. The $1 tier, the $5 tier, like that, that's fine. $10, 25 that's where you need to be. That's how you're going to win your league this year. It's Frank Stanfield's baseball Patreon. It's available right now. Head on over to his Twitter page. Pin it up. I still have to pin it up on my page. I apologize. Um, so check it out right now. Well, Frank, Sta- Frank Stanfield's Patreon page for fantasy baseball this season. The number three overall ranker in all of fantasy baseball last year. And for just 10 bucks or $25, you get access to him unlimited. All right, Frankie. Um, some of these other relievers we have not spoken about yet. I want to just do that before we get to the injured guys and where to draft them and where they're going in drafts. Um, some of these other hold guys, who else really stands out to you as someone you want to draft and hope for holds? Or at least good ratios. Yeah, so Lou Trevino was one that I was looking at as well with uh, with the Oakland A's. It's just Lou Trevino. I don't think it's a Trevino. Trevino. It's just like a, a red-blooded American. Sorry, Greg. Sorry, right, man. <laughs> uh, he was someone that I was looking at last year at a 2.92 ERA, had the 1.14 whip, maybe uh, strikeouts as well, over a strikeout per inning. He's someone that I'm looking at. I mentioned Craig Stammen a little bit earlier on. Uh, with the uh, with the San Diego Padres, he had a sub three ERA last year as well. He had you know over ten strikeouts per nine. He had his walks per nine were under two last year. Greg, so uh, Craig Stammen's another one. Yuri's Familia, I think Familia makes a lot of sense too, especially you know in a handcuff situation. We know he has closing experience. 
I do think that, you know, when he's on the mound, he's still going to get a decent amount of strikeouts. You know, last year he was, you know, 10 strikeouts per nine. He had a 3.13 ERA. I mean, I'd expect an ERA better than that out of uh, out of Yuri's Familia. Really, all the Yankees guys, you know, like, I don't want to sound like a homer, but their bullpen's amazing, Greg. From it's, it's Chad Green good, yeah. to Batantis to Adam Adovino to, uh, who am I forgetting here, Greg? Chad Green, Adam Adovino, yeah. Zach Britton, Dylan Zach Britton, there you go. The forgotten lefty. Not forgotten. You signed a nice, a nice large contract. Greg, if you had to place a wager on who's going to lead the San Francisco Giants in saves this year, what, who would you say? Will Smith. Will Smith? Mm-hmm. He thinks he's going to traded. That's true. Let me look at the roster here. I think that they're a prime team to just blow everything up. Just like trade Bumgarner, trade away Will Smith, trade away like... And the one person that they're not going to be able to trade, Greg, Mark Melanson. the contract... Mark Melanson. Yeah. See, that's your answer? I think so. I don't think he has the best stuff by any means. I can see Sam Dyson leading the team in saves. He was random too last year. He popped up. How many saves did he end up with last was year? Was it last year they had the saves? Five or, or two, ten? Was, or two like, years ago he was really good for them. He ended up with like ten saves. I think two years ago, was he still with Texas? No, so two years ago he got traded. Last year, okay. uh, this can't be right. Sam Dyson is very not good. All right, here we go. Uh, don't for your ratios are saves, holes. Saves. Saves. Here we go. So last year he only had three. The year before, he had 14. That was with San Francisco? So that was... All year. 14 coming with San Francisco. Yeah, it was two years ago. That's what I thought. Last year, last year was much better. It's 2.69 year, right? year, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, he just doesn't strike out a lot of people. So maybe I'm going to say so Sam Dyson is zero eight whip. All right, so I mean, he's a two-category contributor. He'll give you good ERA, good whip. Not really someone... I'd love it to be Pat Van Didi, but it will never be Pat Van Didi. But I feel like Mark Melanson is going so late. And again, I don't think he's good. His ERA in NFBC... I mean, his ERA. His ADP... There's too many acronyms, man. Like, too many three-letter acronyms that I'm dealing with here. His ADP in the National Fantasy Baseball Championship, Mark Melanson, is 582. Would you be surprised one bit if he saved 20 games this year? No, right? I mean, that's like... I would, that wouldn't surprise Because me. of his contract, they're going to do everything they can to allow him to be, to be the closer. They're going to give, to give him every opportunity. I don't disagree with you. You know who I'm looking at, Greg, who's kind of picking up some steam here in, the, in spring training? It is Richard Blyer? All right. No, definitely not Richard Blyer. I guessed. <laughs> uh, well, you know, speaking of Richard Blyer, leads me into Michael Givens, who Obviously, yes. got blown up the other day. You know who got Again? blown up yesterday, Greg? Who? Another guy that I drafted on my great fantasy baseball invitational team. Drew. Second rider. Second yeah. rider. Six earned runs. <laughs> what are we doing, man? What are it's we not doing? We, it's here? not we, dude. It's you. What are we doing? Like, what are the Marlins doing? I don't know. What's your guess? Who's the closer? You know who wouldn't surprise me? I think Dark Horse in Miami? Tehran Guerrero. This guy's like six foot eight and throws like 105 miles per hour, but he just doesn't know where the ball is going. Sounds like a pretty good closer. <laughs> <laughs> like, your guess is as good as mine. They bring in Sergio sure. Romo. I guess he has the closing experience, but he throws 85 miles per hour. So, all right, nice little 20 mile per hour difference from Tehran Guerrero. Drew Steckenrider was the one who picked up some saves down the stretch last year once they traded Kyle Bearclaw away. It wouldn't surprise me if Guerrero ends up being the guy. So yesterday, second rounder gives up six earned runs, and, and I think Sergio Romo also gave up like a two-run bomb yesterday. Or he gave up a couple of runs for sure. Can I ask a random question? There's nothing to do with reliever, if you don't mind. What's up? Who you got? I gotta check this out in the FPC. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Domingo Santana's just climbing. Oh yeah, just shooting up draft boards, right? For sure. Four home runs already this spring. Like he's a guy. I that, like, you had a video. He hit a home run yesterday. Yeah, as well. it was a bomb. He's just, 
and it, he makes it look so easy too, uh-huh. which makes me think that his power is going to translate. It doesn't matter where he is. Like the Chris, fact that he's in like Chris, Davi- like Chris Davis did. I, I would, you know, I'm going to look. Hang on. These are the so things that I think over about. The la- over the last week. When I'm tossing and turning in bed, these are the things I think about. Right? Outfielder, you know what? Still very good values. Outfielder 55, 210. I'll stick that. The other day, Ronas took him in the 13th round, though, which is the earliest I've seen. That's early. Yeah, but it's, it's, good, it's a good idea. How much did he use? He got for Domingo Ross? Santana in the 13th, and then he got Austin Meadows in the 16th. Like, take my money. Take uh, my money out of Austin Ronis. Meadows is actually going Gosh. 20 spots higher than him in the NFC. I love it. Can we do that? This is what I talk like. Can we do that next Thursday? I respect everyone who's in the Tout Wars draft, obviously. But I feel like when. Is it obvious? You don't have to be. No, I, I do. I mean, these are. Like, these are proven fantasy baseball what? players. Dude, Michael Florio is in a Tout War league. Pretty good. He's one of our teammates. <laughs> Former best friend forever. <laughs> I feel like when people draft with Ronis, they just forget how to draft. You always say that. No, no. I mean, he's really good too. Like, he's good at what he does. But like, how did Austin Meadows go in the 16th round, Greg? I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Who'd you rather have, Austin Meadows or Domingo Santana? I have Austin Meadows higher, but Domingo Santana is closing the gap. You know, I wrote a little. I, have, I wrote a I little piece rankings. on my Patreon, which you can check out about Ding. about Austin Meadows, which is in my outfielder rankings. And I'm I, I'm actually going to do this for uh, outfielders who are getting hyped up in the spring. I'm actually going to write about Domingo Santana as well. I want to write about these outfielders who are kind of getting hyped up throughout spring and whether or not you can trust it. And Austin Meadows, I think he's a guy that could come close to going 2020 this year. Am I crazy, Greg? Well, Meadows way higher. I got to change. Tell me, I'm crazy. I have him 41st in, in my outfield. And listen, he's a former top prospect and for good reason, right? I also wrote about Byron Buxton. He's in that group. I mean, there's a group of Meadows, Byron Buxton, mm-hmm, Domingo mm-hmm. Santana. Totally agree with you. Uh, Jackie Bradley is getting hyped up in the spring. Why? Why is that happening? Well, he actually he made off-season adjustments. Ah. He worked with like, J.D. Martinez's uh, uh. hitting coach, and he's like trying to lift the ball more, and so far it's been paying off. And I also think that he had like a, a strong second half as well. Check this out. Did you see the video of him mic'd up the other day during the no. ESPN game? No. It was actually really cool, so... I wonder if they're going to start doing this more during like regular season games. They probably won't. At a two thirty, but they mic up outfielders and they talk to them throughout oh, the game. Oh, I've seen. I, like, I didn't see Jackie Bradley, but I've seen other players. Yeah, do so that. they did it with Jackie Mike, Bradley. Mike Trout's done it in the past. And he was talking about how you know the second half everything started clicking for him a little bit more that uh, last year. He's a guy that's had upside before, and he's in a really good Red Sox lineup. So he's another guy that I'm I'm paying attention that to ninth, here though. during the spring. But with Domingo Santana, what I was thinking about, right, was two years ago in 2017, he was amazing. He hit, you know, 278. All right, you don't really want him for batting average. It's everything else that he could do. 30 home runs, 88 runs scored, 85 RBIs, 15 stolen bases. And what I thought to myself, Greg, was he's obviously very talented. If you give this guy the chance to play every single day, let's say he just gives you 75% of the production he did two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's by far and away worth being drafted where he is right now. Yeah. If he gives you, you know, a 255 batting average with 23 to 25 home runs, 75 runs, 75 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases, 10 stolen bases, he's a great value where he's going. He's still a great value. Would you rather have Domingo Santana or Jesse Winker? Let me check the ring. <laughs> <laughs> because he's closing the gap. They're very I close. know, I know. I think Domingo Santana's playing time is more, more assured. Yeah. Although uh, new Reds manager 
David Bell has said he wants Jesse Winker to get at least 500 at-bats this season. I'll take that. So he wants him to be a near-everyday player. So, you know what? This is really funny, Greg. I have Domingo Santana 51st. I have Winker 53rd. I have them really close. Where do you have Austin Meadows in that? Uh, I have Austin Meadows 39th, actually. Oh, you have him way higher. I'm very excited about Austin. The prospect pedigree is there. This is a guy that makes a lot of contact. I don't care that he's a lefty. I know roster resource has him as a platoon player, but he actually fared better against lefties last year than he did against righties. Again, it was a small sample size, but I think Austin Meadows is a guy that comes in here and hit at the top of a very sneaky, underrated lineup. Like, would it surprise you at all if the top of their lineup was like Austin Meadows, Tommy Pham, and then like insert whatever the rest? That's a pretty good top of a lineup. I, I like Austin Meadows. I think you go 2020 this year. It's, I think you come close. Dude, how have you not bet on the Rays over under yet? Well, they play in a tough division, Greg. Dude, you love them. They play against the Red Sox. They play against you the know, I, I understand the division. Still a lot of, as much as I love Tommy Pham, I'm realistic. I could tell you he's an injury risk. Yeah, I think, what, he hasn't played more than 137 games? He's your guy. I love Tommy You Pham, already run him into our auction got to be team. realistic. got to be realistic, Greg. I, believe me, I'm realistic. I, want to spend, I, I feel like I should move Domingo Santana up. How high I should agree. I move him? I, give me some names. I'll tell you. I'll look at my rankings. Just ahead of him? All right. Well, he's definitely going ahead of Ryan Braun. Yes, he's, I have him ahead of Ryan Braun. He should go ahead of Brandon Nimmo. I have him very close to Brandon Nimmo, but yes. But you play in OBP, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. These are just like standard 5x5 five five roto. Uh, what about Ian Desmond? I'm Ian a, Desmond plays in Colorado. He's I'm like a 2020 guy. I'm above Ian Desmond. Should he be? I think the batting average is going to bounce back for Ian Desmond, too. He had 220 last year, and the BABIP was unlucky, even though he played in Coors Field. I know he hits a lot of ground balls. Very frustrating. So many ground balls. He still went 2020 last year. Yes, he did. Isn't he going to be closer, closer to like a 250, 260 hitter? You hope so. The opportunity you to hit probably two. should have him over. In a 5 by 5 roto, you should probably have him over. Domingo Santana. Yeah, just because I think he's going to steal more. I'm not going to, but you should have him. What about Harrison Bader? I have him very close as well. Um, I think he's a little overrated. I agree. I have Santana over Bader. I think I think Bader's one of the, like the stat cast hero kind of guys that I looked at, and like his sprint speed was really good. So I kind of got sucked into like the possibility of him stealing a ton of bases. I think that was my thinking with ranking Harrison Bader forty seventh right now. Corey Dickerson should he be in this mix? Ugh. Are you still? I'm never going to draft Corey. Dickerson. Never. Are you still sweating Malik Smith? By the way, I got a lower. Are you still doing that? What? Are you still sweating Malik Smith? What do you mean sweating? You love Malik Smith. I don't. I never loved Malik Smith, Greg. He's a very good ball player. <laughs> I think in the second half, his OBP was over 400. I know. How about that? I know. You it should was. like Malik Smith. So you're in on Malik Smith. No, though. but I'm worried about this injury. Though. Of course you are. Definitely worried. And what was the, you had Dr. A on last week, right? He spoke about Malik Smith and said he's probably going to miss like a third of the season. Uh-huh. I mean, that worries me. So I, I've lowered him a little bit. I still have him in this mix. He's. He's 43rd for me. Who would you rather draft today, Greg? Malik Smith or Billy Hamilton? I'd rather Malik Smith. I think he's a better hitter. Definitely a better hitter. No question. So, there you go. But Billy Hamilton's healthier. And faster. And is he faster, though? No. I don't think so. Really? No. That's pretty cool. I think, uh, well, how much stock do you put into sprint speed, Greg? Which is... The new metric to I don't know to measure, I, I don't really it, think it measures speed while you're running on the bases. It means so no it's stuff. pretty much the truest test of how theoretically fast yes. So let me pull up Malik Smith for you, and then I'll pull up Billy Hamilton. I'm pretty sure Malik Smith was top five in sprint speed last year. Iron Bucks was number one again. Iron Bucks and man, he's very fast as well. Malik Smith was 98th percentile in sprint speed. 
which made him 13th in all of baseball, 8th the year before. He hasn't been lower than 17th the past three years. That's Malik Smith. Now we're going to pull up Billy Hamilton, who, I mean, hopefully the Royals taught him how to hit. Because you know the old adage, Greggy, you can't steal first base. Sprint speed for Billy Hamilton, 99th percentile, which would make him faster than Malik Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's top. He hasn't been lower than ninth in each of the past four years. It's very impressive. It's Billy Hamilton's sprint speed. Still very fast. Still doesn't know how to hit. Or walk, for that matter. Why would you ever walk Billy Hamilton? That's never good. So did this help you figure out how to value Domingo Santana? Yeah, I moved him up. How high did you move him? Because I got to figure out how high, how high I should move him. I don't know. You got to remember, there's keepers in here and stuff. It's you know, he's in somebody. He's like, how do you feel about Ramon Laureano? He's not really a guy that we've talked about, but a lot of people in the fantasy industry like him. People like him a lot. I I read something. I might have been on fantasy. He had a, really, he had a good a, batting average in the minors when I looked him up. I don't know where did I read that. I read something about Ramon Laureano that hit near the top of the order for the over. They think that. The legal catch up to him now, and that he won't. I read be that too. Good. Was that wait, wait, an article on the Athletic? Is that where it was? Might have been. Yeah, might have been. But I think there was a counter to that. Like he responded to it and said, "Like, no, I, I know it's coming, and I'm I'm getting ready for it." Hey, we'll see. I'll see a break. We'll come back. We're gonna jump around a lot this hour, and we're gonna start with the injured players and where to draft them. We'll tell you that next. <laughs> 